Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Hi, this is Katie. This conversation was recorded during the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, sharing the insights and observations of people from around the world who have joined together in Glasgow for this event. You are going to hear their perspectives, their hopes and fears. I hope you enjoy them. So I am joined by Guy Bullock, who is going to tell us all about the work that he's been up to. But we are sat at COP26 in Glasgow. So outside the window, you can see Glasgow behind us. So COP26, first of all, Gib, introduce yourself a little bit and what brings you to COP26 here in Glasgow? So my name is Gib Bullock. I am... As you can probably tell by the accent, immediately Scottish and in fact was born on a small island, the Isle of Butte, stones throw away from Glasgow, was educated in Glasgow. So this is a bit of a, a homecoming for me in, in many ways. I spent much of my career within uh, 20 years within Accenture and much of that time was running their not-for-profit business as a so-called intrapreneur. So I'm quite passionate about obviously the role of business in society, but also the role of individuals within companies to, to drive change. And, and innovation from the bottom up, if you will. And so why COP26? Why are you here? Why am I here? <laughs> to return home. Well, there's so many people here for so many things. Specifically, I'm here for two reasons. We have an event for a business that I'm running now, a business decelerator, which you can probe into in terms of what that is, but essentially a, an event on Saturday afternoon which is going to be bringing business people together and exposing them to the power of art and uh, improv and music and all the things that make your right brain more innovative. So it's, a, it's a, almost like a, a movie trailer for an event that we're running on the island of Butte next week, which is more a physical, week-long, immersive event with business leaders doing that over five days. Wow. So Gib, you mentioned that Butte is only a stone's throw away from here in Glasgow. What does it mean as a Scotsman? As uh, somebody from Butte, having COP26 based here in Glasgow this year? Well, it's obviously a great opportunity for Scotland to have the, the eyes of the world on it at the moment, Glasgow as well. I was just watching the sunset tonight, which comes down very early at this time of, of year, but the red sky was just incredible across the, 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 the background. And it reminds us why we're all here, this kind of reason for, for nature. But I think Scotland's got this really long history of, of being a very innovative, tiny nation. I think we've punched above our weight in terms of breakthrough innovations in the past, like of renaissance uh, of, of, of a few centuries ago. My hope is that there's something around this kind of rural beauty that Scotland is famous for, the island of Butte, an hour and a half by train and boat to get to where I'm running these uh, decelerator events, was a place that I left when I was 18 to get educated and to go to the bright lights of the cities. And we all, you know, there's been brain drain from so many rural parts of Scotland and other parts of the world. But I'm hoping in a kind of post-pandemic world, if we ever get to a post-pandemic world, there's certainly going to be a new normal of some kind, where I think that what was actually a, the Achilles heel of rural isolation and being disconnected actually becomes 
something of a comparative advantage where we can find that uh, people may want to work together collaboratively outside of large tower blocks and city centres where they have to go in and crowded trains and things. And actually, we can create the conditions where it becomes an advantage to be rural and isolated, where we can take the WeWork model into the woods, if you will, and onto beautiful places. So I think um, Scott being in, in Scotland is um, a great opportunity, I think, to to accelerate that journey and to to talk about what the country can do to contribute to the climate emergency, what individuals in places like this can do within their organisations. And besides running amazing events, what are you hoping, A, personally, that you'll get out of COP, but also that COP will result in, I guess, this time? What COP will result in, well, we're all hoping for the big commitments from governments, obviously, but through my business lens, I'm really hoping that that business leaders will also step up. We can't get there from government commitments alone. We can't get there from businesses just doing less harm. This idea of we will reduce our emissions, we will get to net zero through whatever offsettings and this kind of reduction in the harmful effects of business. I'm much more interested in how business can work with other businesses, work across sectors, work across industries to create the breakthrough innovations that are going to get us towards this net zero agenda. It's not just about reducing the negative impacts. It's about accentuating the positive potential of business. And given that that's your hope, do you think the conditions are set to enable those breakthrough innovations? Like what you've seen, what you've heard, the immersive sort of work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have the conditions that will enable us to create, I don't know, a climate positive result out of this? Here and now today, no, I don't believe we have. And I'm an eternal optimist. Uh, and, and, and it's probably, uh, I'm also admitting that I am biased in terms of where I'm coming from with this business decelerator. But the whole rationale for creating the business decelerator is to try and create the right conditions, if you will, to create the soil where people and their ideas can flourish. And my sense at the moment is that we are all running around in business almost like with collective attention deficit disorder. We're so busy just doing, 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 um, hammering away on last year's objectives, heads down, 60, 70, maybe more hour weeks if you're in Goldman Sachs, um, frying the planet, frying the people within business. And my strong sense is that until we actually come off that hamster wheel in a certain extent, the pandemic has given us a bit of an opportunity to see what happens when you know, we do change pace then that's when I think people will reconnect and be able to come up with the great ideas. I mean, you see people, they go on holiday for a period of time. They're not so busy. After two weeks, they come up with amazing ideas. Why didn't I think of that sooner? Well, it's because you're too distracted with your head down. And we need to lift our gaze, lift our ambition for what we can achieve within business. And for me, the fastest way to get to net zero might, in fact, counterintuitively start by slowing down. And is there, is there a business case for that? I mean, is that, you know, at the moment it feels like it's an individual's imperative to take that holiday or to find that space or like create that kind of time. But how can a business, knowing it's kind of, you know, I need to see why this is going to help my bottom line. It needs to be quite quick. But, you know, how do you, how do you sell that to a business that that's going to be good for them? There is an onus on the individual as well as on the business to look after themselves. But, and I can speak from my own experience of, of, of 
mental health and a, and a burnout a few years ago that led me on this path and was a catalyst to be on this path and to, to talking about this is that we focus so much on individual resilience and we have to look at the, the, the mental health, if you will, of the system that we're putting people in. You know, we don't, we don't blame the canary in the coal mine when it falls over for not being resilient enough. We actually fix the toxic environment in which the canary is in. And I think that there are so many early indicators, canaries, if you will, like me, that are indicating that the system has a problem. The business case, to my mind, is twofold for businesses. One is the costs of burning out your best performers, the costs of disengagement, of presenteeism as well as absenteeism, of attrition. These people that are leaving may well be 25-year-old, 30-year-old Elon Musk. What potential have you lost in the business if you have not utilized them to the full? So that's the sort of reducing the, the costs of that, the hidden costs of that. But I come back to this point of the, the upside and the innovation potential. We are told that the SDGs are almost business opportunities in disguise, a 12 to $13 trillion prize for business. If they create the new products and services to feed and nourish the next billion on the planet, to do it sustainably, to provide clean energy education, water, sanitation, all the stuff that Business Fights Poverty talks about is not a CSR or a philanthropic agenda. It is a big prize for business. So you reduce the negative costs of burning out your people. But by engaging and inspiring your change makers in business, then you have this opportunity for the breakthrough innovation. So I think it's a kind of from a, a vicious circle, a downward spiral into a virtuous uh, circle of innovation. That's what I'm trying to do with the decelerator is awaken dormant entrepreneurs that are inside businesses. And you mentioned just now that you had, as you said, you, you've been on that personal journey and, and potentially been down that spiral and now kind of coming back up. <laughs> it. What is it about that decelerator program that you've obviously very thoughtfully put together? Why, how does that create the space that enables that breakthrough innovation or that, that ability to, to tackle those big challenges? So at our event next week and ones we've done in the past and ones we'll do in the future, we're bringing together people from many big corporations, big brands, from nonprofit organizations and UN organizations, and even some people from the local community on the Isle of Butte. And we put them together, not with business cards and big bio introductions, but as Katie or John or Gib or whatever. And people can connect on the personal level. And we create in this safe space where people build trust, where they are connected to a beautiful environment and nature, where we start to open up the right brain with things like art and music and all these other things that are normally left for the Saturday night on the weekend. We don't do that in business. It's to, it's to really get this kind of convergence between them, this nexus between well-being and innovation and creativity. And then we start to spark the conversations and open up and people can then down the line, find out who's doing what, and we kind of tap into that collective intelligence that there is uh, in these rooms and, and people sparking off one another because they haven't put people in their pigeonholes. They've connected with them on a, a more human level. And if you were to say one thing as a kind of call to action to anybody who's listening to this conversation who might be in a position to make decisions, but perhaps in all sorts of different locations, different sectors, what might be your kind of having all your experience both in companies 
and working with NGOs and running a decelerator, what, what would be your kind of call to action? <laughs> what would be the one sentence message? summary? Everyone at the moment is talking about it's renewables, it's renewable energy. We have to shift towards renewables. I think people have forgotten about another source of renewable energy, which is the renewable energy of the people inside their organizations. And, and tapping into that rather than wasting it and, and having it going out the door in the same way that you know an uninsulated house loses its heat. We are losing that innovation capacity of the best performers within companies. So tap into that renewable energy of people and let's find ways of creating the spaces for them to be on their best day every day to really align that kind of personal purpose with the corporate purpose and with the planet's needs, if you would say. And that for me is the real sweet spot. Well, on that note, Gil, thank you very much for your conversation today with me. And uh, for anybody listening to this conversation, I'll put the links to the decelerator and other and other work that gives up to uh, into the words that sit alongside this conversation. Good, thank you. Thanks, Katie. It's been a pleasure. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 